Well, um, it has been 10 years this week since this congregation called me to be your pastor. Where does the time go? Um, it seems like it has flown by. So, um, the, the way the, the way that, um, our polity requires, um, we don't simply, I didn't show up, uh, 10 years ago today. I, I did, but then I went away again. The, the process that, that was used, um, has several steps. The first one was in November of the previous year when the nominating committee, uh, called me up here for a candidating visit. Um, and that means they're looking at a bunch of different candidates and deciding who it is that God is calling to, uh, them to nominate. Then that is followed in January by the nominating trip. And then finally, I actually uh, showed up. So the way it worked was I showed up in November and um, I saw a brown bear because everybody who comes to Alaska sees a brown bear because it's right there in the um, in the airport where you can hardly miss it. Um, and I, I found that to be pretty intimidating. But it wasn't the last brown bear we saw, so that was in our hotel. And so um, we learned that Alaska has a lot of brown bears. But but um, we, we had the candidating trip, and uh, the um, so I preached, and the nominating committee listened to me, and then they said, go away now, and we'll decide what to do with you. And then a couple of, uh, I don't know, days or weeks, whenever it was, they called me and said that they were going to nominate me uh, for the congregation. So I had a couple of weeks to think about uh, this next trip, the one that was 10 years ago. And usually when I thought about it was when I looked at my weather app. Um, so... <clears throat> So uh, that's on the, the 17th of January, so tomorrow, 10 years ago. Um, I was looking at my phone, and I said, minus 6 in Anchorage. Am I, is this really a, a smart idea? But but we went ahead, and we came up here anyway, um, uh, and um, uh, we had some trouble uh, with the uh, airlines because uh, no one told us that Seattle is sometimes uh, causing trouble for flight. I have now learned that very well. So we sat in Palm Springs for an extra day, and it was a little touch and go whether or not we would get here on time. Uh, and uh, But we did. And so I preached, and then the congregation asked me a bunch of questions, and um, they voted to call me as uh, the pastor of the church. And so uh, my family and I, we went out, uh, and we took this picture, and then we went away and started trying to move up here. And I want to talk about this picture, or specifically I want to talk about that part of the picture, the, the picture without the people in it, because it illustrates something that annual congregational meetings are designed to do. It illustrates how much a church can change when you're not paying attention. If you're, you're just active in the day-to-day activity of the church, you can, you can miss all the things that are changing. So that's the way the island in our church looked um, 10 years ago. This is the way Google Maps still records it, so they don't want to let go of those uh, Google Earth. Excuse me. Google Earth still has the two trees in the middle of the island. Um, so this picture shows you uh, once the snow melted, you can see there's two trees on the island. And then there was one tree in the island. And uh, a little more time went by, and then there was um, no trees in the island. And uh, then we just had the island. And then uh, some people in the church led by Jill decided that that island wasn't um, pretty enough. So they engaged in this uh, activity. This You can't see it right now, but some of you were involved as well. You did all the, the bricklaying and edging and all the dirt things people do with gardens and made it into a really attractive 
island. So um, I, I mention all this because it's an example of how um, every day the church looks exactly like it did yesterday, except that over 10 years you can see how much a church changed. And it's, of course, that's not the only place it changed. Our worship center looks different, and it's going to look even more different because um, in the same way the cafe now has new carpet, uh, the, the worship center is going to get new carpet. And then if and when the supply chain ever comes through, we're going to have new chairs as well. And those are good things, um, but uh, they, they illustrate how um, how things change, how, how uh, God is at work in this church um, through the people of this church um, every day, but we, we sometimes need to stop and, and take stock and, and look at it and say, oh, okay, yeah, that's right, we did that. And that's really one of the ideas behind the annual meeting is to celebrate the things that have been going on in the church over the past year. There's something that is kind of like, uh, it's different, of course, but it's, it's not uh, uh, dissimilar to this in our reading today because we read that the disciple, the apostles returned to Jesus. They returned to Jesus because Jesus had sent them out on a trip. Jesus sent them out in pairs, um, two by two. And um, he gave them authority to cast out unclean spirits and to heal the sick. And that's what they did. And so they go off and do that. They have this trip. We read that at the first part of uh, chapter 6 in Mark's uh, biography of Jesus. But then he goes and he, he goes off and tells us about something else that's going on. But now they have returned. So here in verse 30, the apostles return to Jesus. And what do they do? They tell Jesus everything they've done. They, they take some time to celebrate what God has been doing through them um, on their different trips. So, so kind of like an annual meeting, they, they have a, an, uh, they have this opportunity to, um, to celebrate and reflect on what God has been doing. And um, in our, our program today, there's there's questions in the back because I would encourage you um, either either during our fellowship time today or um, or at your leisure to to think about these sorts of questions. What have we done and what have we seen God do in 2021? That that this is a good thing to do. We see it in the, the scriptures how uh, the disciples do it. They come back and they don't simply say, yeah, I did that and move on. They actually tell Jesus about it. So um, uh, I encourage us to do the same thing, to talk about what God has been doing in our life as a, co- a community of faith, but also as our individual life. So Unfortunately, the story doesn't stop there, or maybe, fortunately, we'll see, um, because there's a problem. It says many people were coming and going, and there was no time to eat. That uh, the the language here is uh, says that they were just busy; that they were um, they didn't have leisure to eat. They could they weren't starving, but they were grabbing and going, you know, uh, eating and running. So um, so Jesus sees this. Jesus sees the problem, and he tells the disciples, "Come by yourself to a secluded place and rest for a while." And um, so uh, they do that, and um, uh, they departed in a boat by themselves for the deserted place. And many people saw them leaving and recognized them, so they ran ahead from all the cities and uh, arrived before them. So uh, the people have seen, you know, the trajectory of the boat. I don't know how they did this, but they figured out, I know where they're going, and they ran ahead. And so uh, when when they arrive at the secluded place for this time to rest, um Instead, we see we see that when Jesus arrived and saw a large crowd, he has compassion on them. He looks at them with the same eyes that he used to look at his disciples. And in the same way he said, they need a rest, he looked at this crowd and said, 
They're like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus was moved in his belly uh, by the problems of the crowd. He had compassion on them. And so and so um, and so uh, he begins to teach them many things. And uh, we don't know what all he taught them, but it it took a while. I'm sorry. Hearing emergency vehicles go by is a problem for me these days. Um, so, um, so he teaches for a while, and the disciples come to him and says, "Your day's getting away from you, Jesus." Um, uh, they they say this is an isolated place. Because um, you caused us to go to an isolated place. It's late in the day, so send the crowd away so they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something to eat for themselves. So they say, you need to make sure these people get fed, Jesus. And Jesus says, that's a good idea. You give them something to eat. Now remember, Jesus has given them authority in the past. That's what they came back to celebrate. Jesus has given them authority to cast out unclean spirits and heal people. And now Jesus says, give them something to eat. But instead of saying, oh, cool, my my authority is expanding, the disciples say, do you have any idea how much bread that would take? (laughs) Both kinds of bread. They say, should we go off and buy bread worth almost eight months' pay and give it to them to eat? They say, do you have any idea how <laughs> what you're asking for, Jesus? How much bread that would take? And Jesus says, well, how much bread do you have? Jesus says, says, you're looking at the problem from the wrong direction. Instead of asking how much it would take, ask how much you've got. So he tells them. He says, he says go take a look. And so they go off and they come back having, having a... Uh, done the inventory. My guess is a pretty short inventory because it says we between the twelve of us we found five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus directs the disciples to seat all the people in groups as though they were having banquet on the green grass. And they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. And Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish. He looks up to heaven, blesses it, uh, bless blesses those things, the the loaves and fishes, and then breaks the loaves and the fishes and gives them to his disciples. He doesn't hand it out himself. He gives it to the disciples, and as they hand it out, um, they feed the the people in their their little um, banquet settings of 50 and 100. Um, And he divided the two fish among them all. And everyone ate until they were full. Everyone you know, literally, the the word here is used for fattening cattle. Um, they ate until they were full. You know, would you like more bread? It's like, no, no, thanks. I can't finish this one. You know, that's you know, this is going in the basket. That's how full they were, and about five thousand people had eaten. So that's the story. They went off for this retreat. They wanted to have a time to celebrate what it was that God had been doing through them. And the question for us is, how do we feel about this? How do we feel? As we read this, you know, I think the question we should ask ourselves is, did Jesus shortchange the disciples? And because this is a church and because I think many of us, maybe even most of us are Christians, our first response is, well, of course, Jesus wouldn't do that, right? But 
But that's fine. I, I agree that's the correct answer. But but ask yourself why. What was it that Jesus did right? Instead of simply saying, well, Jesus does right. Ask what made it right. And when I ask that question, again, I encourage you to, to think about these sorts of things as part of our uh, beginning beginning this new year. But when I thought about this question, I came up with two answers. What made it right for Jesus to do this? Why Jesus did not simply shortchange the disciples here? And one of the reasons is that I've been in the crowd. You know, I think church people have a tendency to see ourselves in this picture as the disciples. And we forget that we all started in the crowd. You know, I don't know when it was for you. For me, it was 30 years ago. And I showed up at a church in Indiana, and I was a sheep without a shepherd. And the people in that church, I don't know what I kept them from doing, but I know that they poured time and energy into leading me to Christ. And so I've been in the crowd. I've been in the crowd 30 years ago, but I've been in the crowd in the past two years. It has been a very hard two years for me. It still bothers me. In the worst couple of months of my life, this church held me up. This church invested in me because I was really not functioning as a disciple. It was all I could do for a member of the crowd. And so it's so easy to think of ourselves as the disciples, to forget that we all started as, as um, the crowd. And depending on the circumstances of our life, we're back there again. You know, From time to time, we're all in the crowd. And so that's the first reason. And my, my guess is the disciples knew that too, that they, they could remember um, when Jesus called them and said, follow me, I'll make you fish for men. But the other reason is this. The other reason is that is that kingdom work is not finished until Jesus returns. Jesus had sent them out to do the work of his kingdom. But it was not over, and it's not over yet. Until Jesus returns, it will not be completed. And so there's... Tell me. We lost your mic. Yeah. Well, I'll need new batteries. Um, <laughs> so I'll just tell the congregation and what you can with the sound. So the kingdom work is not done. I'm wrapping up. Um, kingdom, it's always something. Kingdom work isn't finished. The world has fire engines and ambulances. It's got bad batteries. Um, it's got tragedy and loss. You know. You live in Alaska. You know the you know the stats here. Um, it's it's a hard place in a lot of ways. This state leads the nation in some unpleasant facts, um, and we trail the nation in some some things that should be better. And because of that, there's a lot of people who are hurting, and there's a lot of people who would follow Jesus if he showed up and said, "Let's go over there." They would say, "I'm going to get ahead of him." Because I've got a problem. I need to I need to let him know what's hurting me so that he can heal me or he can fix the thing that's broken. That is the work the church is called to do. And so while it's appropriate for us to look back and celebrate and remember the things that God has been doing, it can never take the place of looking forward to the new thing that God is doing. The, dis- the disciples, they didn't get their rest, but they did something else. They... Did a miracle. 
Jesus used them to feed the multitude. We, we say Jesus fed, fed the multitude, and he did. But Jesus fed the multitude through the disciples. So as the church, as we think about this coming year, as we conclude uh, our worship service today with the annual meeting, we remember that part of our role is to is to think, are we well positioned for the work ahead? For the sheep without a shepherd that God is bringing to our doors. Jesus is calling us to go out and minister to. Are we ready? Do we need to elect new leaders? Yes, we do. Um, are these the right leaders? These are the questions we ask. Uh, is our budget appropriate for what we're trying to do? These are the questions we ask. How do we go about the work of the kingdom until Jesus returns? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for um, for this lesson because we were all in the crowd once to remember Jesus never takes his eye off the crowd. We pray though as well for um, our work as your disciples. We pray for this coming meeting and we ask you Lord to guide us as we be about the work of your kingdom until Jesus returns. We pray in his name. Amen. All right. I am going to give you battery and invite you all to stand.